0: Hello, everybody. Bill, go ahead, my friend. Very good. <clears throat> uh, good day to everyone. Uh, I know the different time zones and all that, but uh, it's just gone seven o'clock here in Dublin, here in Wexford. Uh, <clears throat> my name is Bill. I'm an alcoholic. Um, How do I say? I'm a recovered alcoholic. I like to say that, uh, not out of any kind of sense of pride, but just sort of a sense of gratitude. Because um I do rather enjoy recovery, and um I wouldn't like whatever powers there might be out there um to think I wasn't appreciative of it um I am very appreciative of it um I started drinking back in when I just after I left what would be high school in America, but um I was about eighteen years of age, and um I the alcoholic drinking really kicked off almost immediately. Um, it was the first time I felt uh, content with myself when I had drink taken. Um, you know, as soon as I had a few drinks in, I I, I kind of felt the way I didn't feel under normal circumstances. Um, I was, I don't know what way I was really, but I was... Funny sort of a young fella, funny growing up, um, and um, not very happy in myself. So um, the drink was a, a huge sort of breakthrough. You know, I, I sort of, wow, this is this is fabulous stuff. I remember the first time um, I drank and thinking, and this is the kind of foolishness, was that wasn't it wonderful that the government of Ireland had organized it so that there were pubs not only in every town, but practically on every street in every town in, Do- in Ireland. And you could go into any of them and, and you could get to feel like this. It was almost, you know, I, I I was quite, I really was very taken with, with the effect of drink right at the very start. Um, and it wasn't a social thing. It wasn't because I was happy laughing with other people or anything like that. It was the effect of drink um, that it had on me. So, um, from the age of 18, I pretty well got stuck in. Um, And everything I did, any of the sort of usual things people did uh, in that age and for the next five or six years, were done on the basis of how close would that bring me to drink, not for any other reason. You know, I joined a football club in Dublin, but it was a football club that in those days was almost unique, it had a bar and um it was um it was a place where you could drink and there were lots of other people drinking it wasn't just the people who played football there were other sports involved there as well and the bar was always busy and i i loved it um i joined a drama group but it was a drama group and it was a very good one but uh, my main was that again there were seemed to be very committed drinkers in the group uh, I don't know whether that's general about drama groups, but it certainly was my uh, my focus. Uh, and I got married. Uh, I took up with a girl um, who, I suppose, one of the most relaxing things about her was that her family were very uh, easygoing about drinking and about drinking quite a bit. So... All my focus at the time was really on drinking. I mean, there are other there are other elements to it, but just to give you an idea of that, um, and then I um, I drank in a pub where you know allegedly it was the best pint in Ireland, and that was important. I I, I thought that the drink that you drank was really really high quality stuff, uh, but the, again the reality was that the people who drank there um, were mostly alcoholic and i don't i don't say that lightly they they genuinely were uh, the pub was the most decrepit place you could imagine in dublin and um i don't think there was a ladies bathroom um it was it was quite horrible um and uh, i remember bringing people to it and saying isn't this a wonderful pub isn't this brilliant you know and people would look at you you know so it's a dump and it's horrible what what are you doing living here uh, what are you doing drinking here um, but I thought it was just wonderful. And, and uh, that was another aspect of the the focus on, on nothing threatening or drinking. I had money. I, I had a very, I, I soon got a very good job. And uh, there was plenty of money, uh, unusually, in those days. Um, so, um, and I didn't want to associate with golf club people or with people who, you know, um, Wore sweaters with little crocodiles on them, or anything like that. Because I, I, to me, they were a threat. They were kind of ordinary people who, who, um, you know, who who had other things in life, and I, I didn't want any other things in life. Um. A, a, again, I recall uh, I was I bought a house uh, when my wife and I were getting married. I, I we bought a house, and. Uh, I remember going in for an interview at that time. The builder would interview you for your loan, uh, quite different than from today. But um, I remember listening at the uh, in the waiting room and there was a guy who went in in front of me and he had arrived in a little sports car with his wife. Uh, and when he was talking, I could hear the conversation. And I remember him saying his salary at the time was about it was a little bit more than half of mine, but that's what it was. About half of mine, but I'd come on the bus i could- i didn't think affording a car was a good idea. I mean that meant directing money away from my drinking and everything I had went for it um so uh, that was what my drinking was like, and it went on after I got married we had a few children a couple of children um and uh, but I was still making good money, and my wife was making good money as well so um we were able to function and kind of keep up, you know, we do a, a nice house and we, you know, all that. Uh, I mean, it was the worst garden in, in the whole estate because of course I, I would start digging it and then, you know, give up and like come back to it six months later when the nettles were grown quite well and, and everybody else had lovely lawns and, and, and trees and things like that. And mine was just a, a disaster, you know, but I didn't see any of that. I, I really didn't see it. Um. I, I I remember one time again being sent off uh, by my co- the company I worked for, sent off to the Middle East to do some work out there, and it was quite important work. But, of course, and, and being the Middle East, I thought, well, there's going to be very little drink out there in the, the country I'm going to. But, in fact, there was plenty of drink, and, and uh, I found it very quickly. But... At one stage, my wife uh, in Dublin sent me out a photograph of herself. She'd had a photographer in in, and uh, she sent a photograph of uh, herself and the two children. And I actually wrote back to her uh, asking her who was the second child. I didn't recognise the child. Now, it was a perfectly reasonable likeness of my daughter, but I didn't actually recognise her. And that will give you the idea of just how detached I was from any normal sort of thing that a, a, a 28, 29-year-old person would be thinking about, you know. I, I i was just really bad. And I thought everything was okay. There was money. Uh, I didn't have to borrow any money. I, I, I um, you know, the, there was always food on the table and all that sort of thing. But the house was a disaster. Um, the problem with alcoholics uh, my experience, my father was an alcoholic and the problem on reflection years and years later thinking about it, the problem is not so much what the alcoholic parent does, it's what the alcoholic parent doesn't do by way of rearing, you know, like my father would never come to a football match where I was playing, Uh, he he never took any active part in my upbringing Uh, he never you know he never he never did anything really except you know sit there and um kind of quiet and then he'd break out every now and again and he'd go go on the drink. Uh but um and he'd complain about the job he had which was the softest job probably in Ireland at the time. Uh, but he 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 um you know so I, part of the reason i suppose that i took to the drink so early when i was 18 or so and it made me feel so good was i'd nothing else to go on i'd know i hadn't got any, any of those normal upbringing things that kids get from parents who aren't alcoholic um i i just didn't get it um and i thought not getting it was normal i i didn't realize that other kids did have it and 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 felt better and felt more about themselves than I did because of that it's a it's a curious sort of thing you know it's 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 um but having you know i've realized all that now in recent years but but the fact is that I repeated that behavior with my own children you know i really did um i i remember i recall one time I was in the pub and I was interrupted by this very angry man who came in. And he said, "What are you thinking of?" Because I'd locked my child in the car in the car park outside the club, and I thought that was okay behaviour. I, I, I didn't, you know. It, it, it's it's pretty awful for me to think about it even today. Though I must say, I have a very good relationship with my children today, thankfully. But that's the way it was then. Uh, I didn't really fall into ill health. I, I stopped drinking um, when I was 33 um, and I'd got into some sort of really, I suppose it must have been a depression. I don't know what it was, but I'd, I'd, I'd fallen into a kind of a, a stupor. Um, and I sat at home, I remember, um, for a week or more and, um, and, of course, the job, I forgot to say about the job. The job, even though, as I say, I was extremely good at what I did and and sought after. But, like, it's... um. I didn't give a shit about that either, you know. I, I cared about nothing. I just thought I was brilliant and they were lucky to have me. And I, 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 You know, I, of course, I wasn't that brilliant. I was brilliant enough, but I wasn't that, you know, I wasn't... That was good, but like, you'd be I'd be at a business meeting, a board meeting, and the job, and, and it was a big company, and I'd be I'd be going over some sort of uh, project that I was going to run, you know, and and there were very good ideas for projects, and very good, some of them were very successful. But I, I recall one time, I left the I left the business meeting. I mean, the managing director of the company was there. There was chief accountants and all these guys. I left the meeting to go to the bathroom. And when I was in the bathroom, I decided I'm not going back. I'm just going to go out to the pub. That was the kind of irresponsible. And like they were on to the house to see where I was. They were getting the police and all this because they thought I was after dying or something, you know. Uh, but that never that never dawned on me. None of that, the disturbance of of of, of other people never occurred to me. You know, there's a story in the big book about the guy who keeps jumping under cars. uh, Anytime he goes out, he jumps under cars or street cars or or fire engines, you know. And like, it's an example of, of alcoholic behavior in the sense that he didn't give a shit about the effect it had on the drivers or the effect it might have on a fire engine going to a fire and the people in the house who may be burning to death. He never gave any thought to any of this stuff. He just wanted to jump out in front of a fire engine, and so he did. And that's the way I was. I can readily identify with that guy um, in his his lack of concern for anyone else. Uh, And that's what my drinking was like. So, um, as I say, at the age of 33, I, 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 I was brought to an AA meeting. I didn't know what AA was. I thought it was some sort of religious political organization in Ireland, something like the Knights of Columbus or something. And uh, I, d- I had no idea what it was. But at the very first meeting, I saw a man that I thought he would be a great guy to drink with and swap stories. And I, he looked to me like a really good drinker, you know. And he—that was the attraction. Uh, I asked him when the next meeting was, and he said it was on a Friday in Dublin, in in Marion Square. And I went to that meeting, and uh, I haven't had a drink since. And, and that sounds brilliant. I mean, it was for the first, for the first um, six months or so. You know when people say, if you only stop drinking, you'd be grand. If you only stop drinking, you'd be grand. And, and that's true up to a point, but it's also not true. Because all the things that I was when I was in my teens all came back. I didn't. I thought then I was going to mature in the way that a, an eighteen-year-old going on to, uh, on a journey onto being uh, to being twenty-three or four would mature during that period. I thought I was going to mature, but I didn't. And I remember there was a, a graph or a curve in in a lot of these uh, hospitals or uh, treatment centers where you'd go to meetings would describe your your alcoholism on a, on a downward curve and then there was a flat bit and then there was an upward part where you, you felt better and you got better and things happened. And that upward curve never happened for me. Um, I mean, I was I knew I was powerless over alcohol um, and I didn't think my life was unmanageable. I thought once you stopped drinking, you, you got the manageability back in your life. And of course, I've learned since that that's not the case. So, but I went along. I I did a lot of service in AA. I, I went to meetings rigorously. I mean, so I, I mean there were weekends when, you know, there'd be some appalling event in the house, and I would go to three meetings on the Saturday, and three meetings on the Sunday. And even though, you know, my wife was in tears or my children were in tears or whatever it was, I would come home on a Sunday night and say, "Well, I didn't drink over it," you know. So. I still had this terrible self-centeredness and selfishness going on. Um, then I thought, well, maybe it's not AA. Maybe I should go to Al-Anon or maybe I should go because of my father or adult children of alcoholics or whatever, you know. And uh, I, I I, mean, to give you an idea, I, I actually one time went to university. I was in Canada, living in Canada at the time. And I went to university and I did a degree in psychology on the basis that this would explain what was wrong with me. Uh, that I wasn't, you know, really reaping the benefits that other people seem to be reaping, you know. And, of course, the problem was, underlying it all, was I wasn't on the program. I had the first part of the first step, and that's all I had. I um, After I lived in Canada, I, I remember I went to France. We Myself and my wife were living in, well, we were, yeah, we were kind of living in France, in down in Antibes. And I went to a meeting down there, and it was one of these uh, big book meetings where they read the, a page of the big book. Now these were all kind of clever and intelligent people; they weren't fools by any stretch. But they would—they had this really childish approach. They used to, if they read, say, the page—you know, the chapter five—rarely have we seen it. If they read that page. At the end of the page, they would say, how often have we seen a person fail? And we'd all put our hands up and say, rarely have we seen a person fail. It was the height of kind of childishness in a way. But they had a strong thing about uh, sponsorship. And by sponsorship, they meant bringing you to the big book, bringing you through the programme, starting at the doctor's opinion and, and the forwards and all that, and ending up at, uh, after the, the family afterwards and the, and the two employers. So did a the strong thing about that, and and I was I was going to this. I wasn't, you know, it was an AA meeting. Okay, I'm going to it, and I'm watching this kind of very, what I felt immature kind of behaviour, um, and then my wife, who's in the fellowship. Sorry, uh, I, I got divorced, of course, uh, after all this uh, getting dry, a dry drunk, as my first wife used to call me, uh, and I thought that was a compliment. So, give you how foolish I was! But she, uh, but my my wife, my, my present wife, uh, we were living together down there, and uh, she she said, "I'm going to get one of the women at the meeting to bring me through the program," and I, of course, like when you're not. When you're not on the program and you're not drinking, you tend to. I, I certainly did. I went into the control guy instantly. Um, there's a thing in the big book about the actor and the play um, just after, I think, after step three. And uh, it talks about, you know, if only people would do as he says, everything would be fine. And I remember used, I remember reading that once years ago and said, but that not that the way to be? Like, that's how much of a control freak I was. Um and when my wife said she's going to go, uh, she's going to talk to this woman or get her to sponsor her, I felt, oh, my God, that means she's going to get a whole load of ideas in her head now that I won't be able to, you know, I won't be able to stop or control or anything. So that, that was quite a horrible person. I know was. was. Um, and she went. And after about three weeks, uh, I had this new wife. I didn't know what had happened. It was extraordinary. Um, You know, she just utterly changed. So uh, being me, I said, oh, well, I'll have a bit of that. So I went down to the next meeting and I said, uh, will someone bring me through the big book? And a guy, uh, I was was offered this fellow and he took me through it. Um, He lived over in Monaco at the time. And and I used to have to drive from Antibes. It was a long-hour drive over. But I did it and I kept at it. And my life was utterly transformed. It really was. Um, it, it, and it's got better and better and better since then. Um, and um, today, my family relationships, even my ex-wife, who I, as I say I treated abominably, um, you know, I'll meet her on Christmas Day. We'll have dinner together, uh, all that sort of thing. So we're not the best of friends, but we're enough not enemies to, to, to actually put up with each other for the day. My children are my grandchildren are are, are in love me and my children are very fond of me to say the least of it. We recently um I go away with the grandchildren every year for a little holiday around Halloween. And this year, as I say, we went to Paris. Um and it was the most successful trip. It really, really was. I mean, the the, the, the family got on great together. Um my uh, two of my children and um uh four of my grandchildren and my wife were there uh, 10 of us and uh, uh, their husbands rather and uh, it was it was phenomenally successful in in the way of um you know cementing family relationships you know and and, and everybody getting on well and, and uh, understanding what each other are all about and not being afraid of, you know, not being afraid of one's behaviour or the other's behaviour or the other's reactions. It was really, it, it's it's the most most successful thing. Um, I've done it, as I say, for the last, um, I don't know, seven or eight years now. We've gone away with the grandchildren. We've gone away somewhere every year. And uh, um, I felt I'd made such a bags of the, of of my children, it was such a such an appalling misuse of any kind of parental responsibilities. Or uh, I I felt I, I this was something I, I had to do to make amends, and and I was able to do it, uh, so I I did it. Um, but um, it's it's really it's the program. I I I I I know today the ninety five percent to me that people get. Is the program, and whenever they get the five percent that isn't the program, generally speaking, it doesn't work out all that well. Um, you know, when um, ah, oh, you know, it, 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 like, it, it's hard to describe, but anyway, it's it's I, I'm so proud. I mean, to me, the program is my higher power, the, the 12 steps are my higher power. I don't have a god, I'm an atheist. Um, I love the idea of being an agnostic. They they say the Pope is an, is an agnostic insofar as he's not 100% sure, you know, and I'm probably an agnostic in the sense that I'm not 100% sure either of whether atheism is the correct way to be. But I am an atheist. I I, I don't. I wake up in the morning. My morning prayer is, who can I help today? I'd, I had a, a very good friend in AA a few years back, and he told me that when you get onto a sponsor and he'd say, uh, you know, I'm after losing my job, and the wife's after leaving me. The man would say, "No, but who did you help today?" And he say, "No, you're not listening to me. My wife's after leaving me, and and one of my children is sick, and I'm after losing my job." And he say, "No, but who did you help today?" So when I wake up in the morning, I say, "Who can I help today?" And that's my morning prayer. Uh, in the evening, uh, I thank my wife for a lovely day if she's around, uh, and uh, you know, because generally speaking, the two of us rub along very well together and um, a lot of my happiness and my contentment and a lot of the, the bit of wisdom I have comes through her or through other people that are close to me, you know. So I, I – I, and that's how, you know, I'm open to that now. I'm not, I, 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 the, the program has been wonderful, making amends to people. There's one amend I haven't made and I can't make it. It's it's it, The person is not around and I've tried – tried to get in touch uh, and that that's the one thing that still kind of haunts me a bit even though I you know I can't do it 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 haunts me but the rest of the stuff is gone you know and I I'm perfectly aware of just what I, how sick I was because when I came to AA I didn't realize I was mad I really didn't you know I just thought I'd had a bit of trouble with the drink I, I didn't realize I was insane even though the second step you know restores to sanity I I didn't see that. I just didn't see it. I read it, but I didn't see it. But yeah, that's my lot now. I'm just so grateful uh, for, for for what this program has given me. It took me a long time, and it hurts a lot of people that I didn't get it sooner. You know, it hurts a lot of other people. Uh, but um, I'm so grateful that I have it today. So that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everybody.